Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And now it's time to catch up with the coach of the Warriors. Brought to you by Xfinity. Stay connected, protected, and entertained. Steve Kerr with us. Coach, got to warn you, Ray, is uh, he's in a rare mood today. But, uh, Coach, last March when Steph was hurt against the Celtics, you talked about a possible silver lining. And it looks like you were right. And has there been a silver lining, some good out of the bad during the stretch without Steph and Wiggins? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we've had a, a lot of young guys uh, step up and, and play and, and uh, gain some confidence. I think our new players, you know, guys like Lamb and, and uh, Ty Jerome have really filled a void and, and uh, established themselves. And and just for the team, you know, we, we when we can win games without Steph, it just builds a lot of confidence. So, um you know, it's been a been a good stretch for us. I'm, uh, I told the team last night. You know, despite the loss, I'm just really proud of everybody for holding down the fort and keeping us, you know, kind of uh, where we need to be in the standings. And uh, and we'll be getting reinforcements back soon. So uh, everybody's done a great job. Um, that said, the last two games. Um You've you've given up a, a number of points that would suggest that your defense was not the way it either that it had been earlier in the homestand or the way you like it. Is this just sort of a, a cyclical thing where there'll be a couple of games where you're not getting the defensive performances you expect, or do you start? To, are you seeing signs of slippage that concern you? I think there's maybe been a little bit of slippage the last couple of games. Uh, I think related to fatigue more than anything. We've just had so many games and, you know, we've had so many guys injured that we're, we're really relying on, uh, you know, kind of a select group of players. And it just seems like we've had a game every other night. Uh, and so I think uh, we got a little careless uh, last night with some fouling, you know, we, we all in all we've been doing a better job of not fouling. And then last night we started to foul jump shooters again, and um, you know we 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 weren't getting to rebounds, kind of some you know some key rebounds that we needed to get. We weren't quite getting there. And um, but again, I, you know, overall the the effort's been great. The connection has been great, and um, I'm confident, especially having today off and then a good day of practice tomorrow that. Uh, We'll bounce back and and uh, and play really well on Saturday. On a quote good day of practice, what do you do, and how strenuously do you do it? It's not so much how strenuous that it, it, it is. It's just a, a chance to reset and to go through the basics. You know, you, you, uh, you, you we have 
our team defensive drills that we like to do on on practice days. And you know, Ron Adams always said, "You got to do those drills just just like you got to get your shooting in every day." You know, players are going to take their you know, 300 shots, 400 shots a day, every day to keep their stroke going. And Ron, Ron likes to say, you got, you got to do your defensive drills too. Otherwise you, you know, you get careless, um, with, with those habits. So tomorrow's a day really to, to brush up on the fundamentals and, uh, watch some tape and, and get ready for Orlando. Uh, Steve Jordan Poole, obviously without the, the way he's been scoring lately, you don't win these games on this homestand, and he's carried a very heavy load the last few weeks. Sometimes it appears he tries to do too much. I think perhaps you have addressed that. Is that maybe what's happened with the recent late-game turnovers? Uh, you were able to overcome them in the two previous games last night that uh, caught up a little bit, but is that kind of what's going on with Jordan Poole at the end of these games and some of these unforced turnovers, just trying to do too much? Yeah, I think sometimes Jordan is, is trying too hard to make a play. I mean, it, I've always felt that the, the game is m- more difficult uh, for the, the players who are more talented uh, when they're young because they have sort of a, 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 a big menu of possibilities in front of them. Um, if you're not as talented, you're, you're immediately limited in, in, in terms of what you can and can't do. And, uh, that was definitely the case for me as a player. I mean, I I, I knew that uh, there was so much I couldn't do that I didn't even bother trying. Uh, but if you're Jordan, you can pretty much do everything. And so then it becomes a case of learning, you know, when to when to shoot, when to drive, when to pass, um, you know, when to make the decision to do all those things. Uh, and it takes time. It takes a lot of reps, and it takes you know some painful experiences and some mistakes and. The great thing is, is um, Jordan's got a, a, a great attitude, and he's helping us win games. You know, every night he's making big plays. He's helping us in so many other ways, and so it's all just part of the the total development for for Jordan. And I think he's coming along great. Uh, when you say it takes time, I know this it's different for every player because every player is different. But what's a reasonable amount of time for? for you to be able to apply a question of, okay, now it's time that we shouldn't have to be addressing problem X or problem Y to whatever player we're talking about, not just Jordan Poole. What, what's a reasonable amount of time for a coach to finally say, okay, you should have this all by now? It's just different for everybody based on, you know, where they started from, you know. Um, guy like Draymond who played four years at Michigan State, um, you're 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 going to expect things to come a lot quicker than you would Jonathan Kaminga based on 13 games in the G League before his arrival. So it's different for every player, and then you factor in the the circumstances. What position are they playing? You know, what what are we expecting of them? What's their role? We're asking a lot of Jordan. You know, he's uh, he's our main shot creator uh, after Steph and. Uh, and so that you know that requires a, an awful lot of responsibility, and so it it takes longer in a case like that. Steve, you you talked about the the days when you played. We know that Steph could. It's possible he returns for the Spurs game a week from Friday at the Alamo Dome, and the Spurs going to be celebrating their fiftieth anniversary that night. And you'll have other things on your mind, obviously. But how great will it be to be part of all that, especially if Steph plays? Since you played on some, as I remember, some pretty good teams in San Antonio yourself. Yeah, I'm excited about that game. I mean, my, my first uh, first year playing with the Spurs, uh, 
first, uh, I think, three uh, three years, actually, we played in the Alamo Dome. Um, pretty unique building, you know, very unique um, environment, you know, the, the way that the, the stadium was set up. And um, so to go back there and, and uh, you know, to, to um to play in front of the Spurs fans in, in, in the old building. Uh, it's pretty exciting. And I understand they're trying to break the all-time record um, for attendance in an NBA game, which was a game that I played in when I was with the Bulls. We played in the Georgia Dome against the Hawks. I think there were about 63,000 fans there. And uh, the Spurs are hoping to break that record. It'll be interesting to see uh, you know, the, the scene. It'll be quite a, a spectacle. So I'm looking forward to it. Given that you played in that game and you've been involved in in some of the Alamo Dome games, what are you able to tell your players about shooting backgrounds, about noise levels, about the things that will make this kind of an alien experience for them? I probably won't say a whole lot. Um, You know, I I haven't looked at the schedule. I'm hoping we'll have a shoot around so that guys can, uh, you know, spend an hour just getting shots up and and getting a feel for the arena themselves. I don't think we've played in in any domes, you know, since I've been the coach of the Warriors. Um, you know, there there were when I played late in my career, you, you, you played in one in Toronto, you know, at the uh, the Rogers Center where the the uh, you know the, the Blue, Blue Jays. Jays play now. They used the Raptors used to play there before their wow. arena was built, and then San Antonio, the Alamo Dome. But I don't remember any others. Uh, and so this is uh, this is a new experience for for a lot of the guys. Although I, I'm guessing Draymond and Steph, you know, in the NCAA tournament, played mm-hmm. in a couple of domes, you know, in Final Fours or regional final type things. So uh, it'll be an interesting experience for sure. Didn't they used to have bats in there, Steve? I remember one game, Manu Ginobili during the game, he he caught a bat out of midair. So big cavernous place like that. Uh, a little bit of a different atmosphere than than we have in most of the modern arenas. Did you ever did you ever experience bats in the old Alamo Dome? I don't remember. I do remember uh, the, the the highlight of if you want to call it that of Manu snatching the bat out of the air. I, I wouldn't recommend that uh, from a health perspective. I I might let somebody with gloves on catch it with a net. But um, yeah, that was. Uh, Is that what Kenny Anderson is there for? I, yeah, that's Kenny's job. <laughs> Um, We are coming up on the one-year anniversary of Clay's return. Um, And I'm just wondering, um, what has impressed you the most about the way he has handled everything? We can't imagine what he's been through. What has impressed you the most about the way he's handled it, getting back to a point now where he's playing? He looks like, shooting-wise, he looks like the old Clay Thompson again. How impressed have you been by what he's been through and how he's gotten to this point? Yeah, I mean, when you you just look at it from the big picture, I mean, what what he had to overcome to get back on the court against Cleveland a year ago. Um, two, two, you know, major injuries back to back, missing two full seasons, um, two and a half, actually. I mean, it, it was just insane um, what he had to endure. And um, it, it's just wonderful to see him enjoying himself he looks more relaxed now than he did earlier in the season i think he's found a good perspective uh where he's appreciating his opportunity uh to play and and to just enjoy you know being part of the team and and enjoy the uh you know the the fact that this is there's a small window in, in, in your life as a professional athlete you know relative to your your life 
your lifespan. I mean, 10, 15 years, whatever it is, uh, you know, this is a time that, that Clay absolutely should be enjoying, and, and I, I'm really happy to see him doing so now. Uh, has he either confided in you or have you noticed that there was an aha moment for him this year when all of a sudden he remembered all those things that you that you just spoke of? Well, we've we've we have, you know, periodic conversations. Um, I just try to remind him of, um, to, you know, to lose himself in the game and to to enjoy himself. And, um, you know, he's. He, he, Clay is a guy who leans on a lot of his teammates and coaches, and, and he's got a lot of confidants. Um, and I think um, it, it's more. There wasn't like a moment where he said something to me. I, I, I've just you know seen it. I think since we returned from the road trip, this uh, this homestand's been really good for him, just in terms of getting him settled down. Coach, I have two kind of nuts and bolts questions about last night. One, what can you share with us about the inbounds play? I think it's called, what, the reverse hammer that set up Clay's basket that tied the game. Ty Jerome threw such a great pass on that. What can you tell us about that, maybe where you learned that? And then also, as far as Draymond's technical, is that something that maybe you guys address with the league in terms of seeing whether they would rescind that, or is that a process that they handle on their own anyway? Yeah, with Draymond's uh, situation, I, I, we we will definitely appeal to the league um, to see if there's anything that can be done. I mean, just watching the replay, I, I didn't think he deserved no a technical, you know. And and I think the the officials. I thought last night's game was really well officiated. I thought they did a great job. Um, and, and you know, then at the end to have a situation like that where two guys get tangled up and the officials have time to look at it and time to make a decision, knowing that Draymond will be tossed, you know, if they call double technicals, I don't see why the officials can't have the leeway to just say nothing. Like, hey, hey you guys knock it off. You know, like mm-hmm. that's, that's common sense. I mean, nobody should be ejected for what happened there. Um, so I was disappointed in that regard, but, um, you know, we will appeal it, hopefully, you know, try to get Draymond's money back for him and, and get one of those technicals, uh, you know, taken off the book. Mm-hmm. How much do you lament the fact that officials aren't allowed to apply common sense to situations the way they used to? Well, I think that's that's something that's, uh, you know, really um, kept internal, you know, within the league. I, I think those are discussions that are best had you know, within the league and not, you know, not, not on the radio show. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I think I, I really respect um, the, 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 the job that the league does and the way they handle their business are very open to communication. And I, um, I think that it's important to honor that uh, openness by, uh, you know, making sure we keep conversations like that in house and, and it really is a collaboration, you know. Um, there's a lot of people involved in how the game is officiated, competition committee, and uh, the, the league takes into account, you know, players and coaches' opinions, and and so there, that's all that's all part of the process. You mean especially this show, right? Yes, especially this show. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's clarify that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, Coach, uh, any update on Andrew Wiggins? It would have been nice, obviously, to have him available last night the way Bogdanovich was shooting the ball. I know you're not a doctor, but what's the latest you can give us on the health and availability of Andrew Wiggins going forward? Yeah, I mean, the, the good news is he's he's gotten good workouts in the last couple of days, and uh, he should be good to go to practice tomorrow. And um, we'll get up and down the floor a little bit and have a, a scrimmage and and if if all goes well, then um, you know then his return is is imminent. I can't say for sure that that's the following day or or whether it'd be next week. But uh, he's uh, if all goes well tomorrow, then he's really close. Patrick Baldwin Jr.'s had quite a week. You got to be really happy with some of the things he's shown in his limited minutes this week. Yeah, Patrick's really an, uh, an exciting prospect. You know, he's got great size and a beautiful shooting stroke. Got a good feel for the game. You know, the ball moves when when he's out there. He understands, um, you know, the, the, how to how to play, just where the ball should go, and getting off of it early and moving. And and, um, and then defensively, you know, he's got really good size. He, he he's got um, the capability to, to you know to have great verticality at the rim um, when he's in position to, to you know thwart drivers. Uh, so. It's uh, it's really fun to watch him develop, and he's gaining a lot of confidence with this uh, this opportunity he's getting. A uh, couple more questions for me, so I apologize in advance. Um, first of all, uh, Joe Lacob <laughs> talked to uh, Tim Kawakami, a podcast that was released today, in which he mentioned that he's already had uh, talks with Bob Myers about a new contract, and given the fact that yours is coming next year. Has your agent talked to them about the future yet, or have you wanted not to do that? Uh, um, you know, that's that's all always stuff that remains in house. You know, and I, I have a great relationship with with Joe and Bob, and we all work together uh, really well. And uh, so there's uh, there's there's no no issues or anything on that front, um, and that but that's all all handled privately. Uh, is your relationship with Joe going to be affected by the fact that he says he has interest in buying the Angels? <laughs> uh, I, I I actually asked him about that uh, recently. I was hoping he'd buy the A's, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I I really want uh, a new stadium in Oakland. I, I want that to happen, and I, I you know I, I'm, I know I'm not the only one. I just think the A's are. Kind of similar to the Warriors were when Joe bought the, the Warriors. It's it's kind of a you know like this cool brand with great you know great colors, great history, um, but kind of a sleeping giant in, in some ways. You know, it's uh, but it's a, a new stadium is 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 so necessary. I, I think when I got here nine years ago, I went to one A's game and. Um, and that was it. I didn't really want to go back because the ballpark experience wasn't that great. But, you know, I go to Giants games all the time because it's it's beautiful ballpark. Um, and if the A's could ever do the same thing on the other side of the bay, I just, man, it would be amazing um, for our community. So I would love to see that happen. And uh, I, I, I just, knowing Joe and knowing what he's done with the Warriors, uh, that would be really cool. But I, I don't think that's in the cards from what I understand. 
Steve, as, as Ray mentioned, um, Joe Lacob today talked to Tim Kawakami about a number of things. He talked about, you know, Bob Myers and he would like to keep him. And that's that's obviously their business and that's their negotiations. Could you share with us, you having been a GM, what you appreciate the most about working as a coach with Bob Myers and the job he's done as your GM uh, in your time here with the Warriors? I think it's the stability that Bob brings and, and the... Um uh, the the care that he brings to every relationship that he has, whether it's you know relationships with players or, or coaches or or Joe or you know other front office members, um, Bob is just uh, an incredible human being, and and you always know how much he cares about you, and and um, and there's just a, a, a continuity and a, a comfort level for the entire organization because of Bob. We know we're in great hands, and um, I think in, in professional sports, there's so much value in, in continuity and, you know, having, having good people in place and, and really weathering the inevitable storms. I think about the, the Spurs with, you know, Pop and R.C. Buford. I think about Miami, you know, with Eric Spolstra and, and, and Pat Riley. And, and um, you know, in all, in all those cases, you just have, a, you know, a, a central figure like Bob who's just – so key to keeping things together when, you know, in, inevitably um, you, you get a rough patch. And uh, so Bob is just an enormous part of our success, but also our our ability to sustain what's happening here. And speaking of that UCLA connection, Coach, before we let you go, and Carl, of course we appreciate your time very much, Kevon Looney is having a great year. Minutes up, rebounds up, assists up, turnovers down. I think he leads the league in assist-to-turnover ratio, which is amazing. And he's so unique. And I know you've been in the game for a long time. I'm trying to think of a comp for Kevon Looney. I The closest, I and it's not great, Paul Silas maybe. I, he's just so unique. Um, I'm just, is he maybe the best conditioned, the most well-conditioned athlete in the NBA right now, coach? Well-conditioned athlete? Yeah, I mean, he, we saw how, Maybe. yeah. I think I think that would be Steph Curry. Okay, uh, all right. But uh, what, what Loon has done is remarkable in terms of how he uh, takes care of his body, takes care of his mind, um, what he's learned from his the early part of his career. I think I've, I've told this story before, but every morning when I walk into my office two hours before practice starts, Loon, Loon is on the practice floor doing yoga. Um, on his own, he does a, a class on Zoom. You know, on the, on, while he's down on the floor, that's that's how he starts every day. Um, but his brain—I mean, he's so smart. You, you asked about that that um, late out of bounds play that we ran. Mm -hmm. um, the timing on that screen that Loon set was perfect, and um, that's like those are the types of plays that you know they don't show up in the box score, and people may not realize. But you put a you put a, a, a different uh, guy in that spot. You may not get the exact same timing that that allows Clay to to be free for that shot, and that's that's where Looney is just so good. It's all the nuance within the game. He's uh, he's not flashy, but he's incredibly bright. Um, got a great basketball IQ, great humility about him, and uh, he's a, he's you can ask all the guys on the team. He is just absolutely revered for uh, for his humanity and and um, 
just what a what a wonderful teammate he is. When, when was the last time you told him what were you thinking out there? <laughs> well, last night he did throw an outlet pass uh, off of a rebound, and I turned to the coaches and I said, "What was Looney doing?" <laughs> he's he's a, he's allowed uh, he's allowed to have one of those once in a while. Uh, he, he hardly ever makes a mistake, and uh, you know, like I said, it's one of the reasons. We love having him out there. We know we can count on him uh, every single night. Once Steve, a game? Yeah. Yeah. Is that too much? I, I lost you guys. Ray oh. wanted to know, one, once. what did you ask, Ray? I asked, once a game? Is he allowed once a game, or does it have to be more spaced no, out than that? No. Once a week. Once, once a week. week. Yeah. And you kind of grunted, Coach, when I said Paul Silas. Is that like, no, and I know it's not great. Was that like, eh, maybe, or no, you're not, you're not going there with me? No, I actually, I actually kind of liked the Paul Silas, though, because Silas was a great rebounder and somebody who, like Looney, didn't, you know, didn't really get off yeah. the floor, but was yeah. all about positioning and, and um, setting screens. I don't remember his game that well, just because mm-hmm. he was a little before my time, but uh, that is a good comp. It's just, it's hard to find comps because, you know, in today's game, centers are asked to, you know, basically be lob threats or three-point shooters, and it's just rare to find any guys like Looney anymore who are you know, neither, and yet really yeah. uh, effective players. Happy, happy New Year, Coach. Thank you very much for your time. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Whitey. Thanks, mm-hmm. Ray. See you guys. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.